0: I do want to welcome you to listening to our podcast today. And as you listen, make sure that you uh, get somebody else involved. Uh, post on Facebook or Twitter. Text them. Tell them in small group. Tell them at church, and and get them listening to connecting faith to life. It'll help make a difference in their lives as they learn that the Bible is not just a book you read, but it's something that really matters to. Everything we do every single day, which was actually the point of this past week's sermon, which was really good. Uh yeah, anyway, i glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Oh, thanks. But this is episode 204 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and um, uh, we are well on the way to... Uh, I hope 300. That, that, that 300 who 300. knows who knows what the lord has in the future uh, that's that's a long that's gonna time That's going to be like 2 now. years away but you know we will get there we will get there we'll, we'll, get we'll
1: there. keep plodding away and man by the time we get 300 Pops, you will be ancient
0: I know I'll be an old guy yeah you I will be I'll we're be, so young when I'll we be started on the, I know we'll be on the way I'll be on the way out
1: and, <laughs> well, well, we
0: need to be training somebody underneath me yeah, so you know so uh, anyway uh, I don't want to talk about that though <laughs> I don't like. To, I don't like to think. I, I enjoy what I'm doing. Way yeah, too much. you do. You do
1: a great job. What you do, that's for sure. And yeah, it's again. It's always good to have that perspective of, of an older, wiser, <laughs> an older,
0: an older wiser gentleman. Gentleman, you can, there you go. That's it. man. All right. Thank that's you. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, Pastor, you know, some of the most known words in the English language, thanks to Handel, are for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Thanks you to know, Handel.
1: Can you explain to us who Handel is?
0: Handel is the author of what we call the Hallelujah Chorus. Okay. And also the entire... Uh, What is the whole? uh,
1: Oh, pops, you're you're talking to a music major. I know. Go ahead, tell me these things. You brought up Handel now. You kind of got into one of my areas of expertise.
0: Well, I'm sorry. That's all right. No, I'm glad you brought Uh, it up.
1: I want to know what you know about
0: Handel. uh, I know his full name. From what I understand, he wrote this in like some ridiculous amount of time, the whole thing. The I mean, he whole. wrote what, Pops? you know what it is? Uh, Come on. You know his full I want to say it was Messiah.
1: George, yeah. George Frederick Handel wrote the, the yeah, Messiah. George Frederick Handel, yeah. yes. Which, the, the Messiah was actually uh, a very large work. We're most familiar with uh, um, Hallelujah Chorus, right? The Messiah, this large uh, um, piece of, of, of music, uh, is divided up into three different sections, right? And so you have... Um, that that tells the yeah. whole story of creation up until uh, the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, It's a, it's a magnificent, uh, magnificent work. And uh, that Hallelujah Chorus was written for the Easter portion of the Messiah. Uh, it's usually sung because we're more familiar with the Christmas portion. Right, because right. Because when you go at Christmas time, you'll go hear a performance of Handel's Messiah. And, and when you go and hear Handel's Messiah, you're not hearing the whole thing.
0: Oh, of course not. Because the whole thing is several hours. Yeah, Yeah. several hours. And so
1: we don't usually hear the Easter portion of it because for whatever reason, when it's Easter season, we don't have orchestras and choirs doing, which I don't know why that is. It's kind of odd. But at Christmas time, we always have someone around the area doing Handel's Messiah, and you're only hearing a small portion of it.
0: I have heard. I have sung portions of it, yeah. but never the whole thing.
1: I, I haven't either. It. We did it in college several times. We we performed it in several places around Christmas season, but we never did the. We always did the holiday chorus. But holiday mm-hmm. chorus was written for the Easter portion of it, not the.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. But, they t- but this word, um, nip- for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, and I think yeah, uh, there you go. we just sound like it's a, I think we think it's just some real poetic word. I don't know that we really understand all that that means. So I know it has something to do with power, but I think it's probably more than just a power or something like that. Yeah, it's it's way more than that. So anyway, I think that's where yeah, we're going. Yeah, so that's today. right.
1: So what we've been doing over? Well, we started
0: this. And by the way, thank ago. you for that mu- yeah, musical history.
1: Yeah. I think I, I might have something wrong with that. I'm thinking back, make sure. I... Understand. How
0: long did it take him though? Wasn't it like forty days or? Yeah, he, something? Wrote, he wrote, wrote it the in a whole ridiculous
1: thing? amount of time. As far as you know, not didn't take him long to do it, and um, it was a big deal. I mean, it was. Um, yeah, he was he was a unique composer, and that's the thing you think about Handel and 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 Bach. Uh, Bach was um, a little bit earlier than Handel, but these these composers um, they were believers, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they were writing these these works of music uh, to glorify God. Right. it's just it's a really cool history, and yeah, we need to listen to more Bach and Handel.
0: You do, I do occasionally. Yeah,
1: I, I use it. It's good study music for me. I always have on classical music last because it.
0: That's, Curs, that's why I studied it for years. The mind and focuses it does, the mind. I like it, but anyway,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking. We started a couple weeks ago uh, taking theological words. Uh, that maybe we hear in church a lot but don't really think about a lot mm-hmm. and, and trying to understand what these theological words mean and then how they apply to everyday life. We'll make this practical. And so we've looked at sovereignty. Um, what other, one, we look at another one too. I forgot what, glory, glory. We looked glory, at glory, yeah. sovereignty. And today I want us to talk about omnipotence. So omnipotence is a fancy word that, that simply means all powerful. So when we say that God is omnipotent, we mean that God is all powerful. Trey. Yes. You're a sports guy.
0: I am definitely a sports guy. Favorite athlete of all time. Of all time, uh, probably either William Perry.
1: William Perry, really? Well, he was a Clemson guy.
0: Yeah, and he was huge. and uh, He was a big old dude. He was the first of the huge linemen. Yeah. You know, where now everybody's huge like he was. Um, and then, of course, uh, there's nobody better than, um, uh, oh, boy. Uh, oh, my gosh. Sweetness. What is his name? He also played for Chicago Bears. Can't get his name. Jim McMahon. No, no, Uh, it was all right. But anyway, the running back.
1: (laughs) Oh, Walter Payton. Walter Payton. Yeah, Walter Payton. You caught me unawares. I'm Um, sorry. That's okay. No, no. Were you a Bears fan?
0: Yeah, yeah, for a long time.
1: That's one of my, my, you know, biggest memories from childhood is when the Bears won the 1986 Super Bowl because my dad, you know, he, he was. I mean,
0: I wasn't there. I was. I yeah. wish I was there. Well, my dad. I was involved with them at that My point. dad's from Illinois.
1: He's from a little town about 90 miles west of Chicago. So he was a Big Bears oh, fan. Oh, yeah, he was a Big Bears fan. I remember just as a kid, I mean, I, 86, I was eight years old, I guess, and um, just my dad screaming at the TV. I mean, it was a big deal. They won, they won the Super Bowl. I mean, it was like, it was a big deal. It was about like Georgia winning the national championship a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. So I have, I have memories of Jim McMahon and Walter Payton and William Perry and. Neil Anderson, all that whole that whole crew that played with the Bears. It was it was a lot of fun. But but so William Perry, Walter Payton, favorite athletes of all time. I, I don't know I mean, I've always been a big Larry Bird fan. Yeah. Um, when I was about eight or nine years old, we put a basketball goal up in the yard and, and dad got me a uh, green and white. Basketball that had Larry Bird's oh, name oh, on it, oh, man. and from that point, I didn't know who Larry Bird was. But, but from that said, point that's on, that's, that's, that's I'm a Larry Bird fan, and <laughs> so I've always been a Larry Bird fan. Um, I argue with Logan's a big basketball guy, yeah, he is, uh, and I always argue with him about Larry Bird being the greatest basketball player to ever live. Um, I don't know if he was or not. I like him though, I mean, so <laughs> anyway, but 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 if you read about like Larry Bird or some of these, you know, um, especially basketball players like Larry Bird or Michael Jordan or. Uh, Kobe Bryant or some of these other just famous, famous basketball players, uh, you read a lot about S- Steph Curry, uh, their discipline in their their preparation for the games. Incredible, right? yeah. Like Larry Bird would, would be one who was there before everybody else was there, mm-hmm. left everybody after everybody else left, just working his shot and working his skills. And there's other basketball players that would do the same thing, just to hone in on that that skill. And, and w- what you know about athletics is that they're – there are athletes that have natural ability. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, just God seems to create some people that way, that they just have that, that natural body type or that, that physical ability. Um, but even in that natural ability, it takes a lot of what? It takes a lot of discipline and yeah, a lot does. of training uh, to get to that point where you excel in, in your sport. And You think about Larry Bird or Michael Jordan or whoever it might be. Um, you know, back in the day, a Hank Aaron or a Babe Ruth or whatever. Um, um, you know, you think about that that natural ability. They make it look so effortless. Yeah, they do. Right? Like, man, he, he looks like there's no no effort at all of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back and, you know, watch old videos of, of Hank Aaron swinging a bat yeah, just or Mickey like Mantle, I mean, the, like, it just, it just looks like it's just so natural. And, and then you go out there and try to do it, and you're like, <laughs> I, I, you can't even you, see the ball. I, no, right? Like I can't. Are yeah, you going to throw the pitch or not? I, and that's oh. wild. Do you think about baseball, man? Baseball is an amazing sport. Where, man, they're getting. A, I mean, pitchers nowadays they're throwing a hundred miles an hour
0: easily. Yeah,
1: I, I don't understand how you hit that.
0: Uh, you have to be. From what they tell me, you have to be swinging before.
1: I guess. I mean, I remember playing some in high ball. school. I mean, I play. I played baseball up until my freshman year of high school, and then I. That's a lot, another story for another day. But I remember even then seeing some fast pitches, but they were, you know, 70s. Yeah. And it, even when somebody's throwing there in the 70s, I mean, it felt like it was 100 miles an hour. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I mean, so to actually throw 100, that's, that's fast. And then guys just nail it. They mm-hmm. just they just take those balls and put them over the fence. I mean, it's, it's wild uh, what 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 highly trained athletes can do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm not an athlete. I, I'd like to think I am, but I'm not. Um, but, but, but the one sport I've, I, you know, kind of excelled at, as a middle-aged man was was running right Mm -hmm. so i I ran a lot of half marathons i haven't run a half marathon since covid because when covid happened uh they they stopped doing half marathons in person you had to do them virtually I'm like that's dumb i'm not doing a virtual half marathon so Mm -hmm. at any rate so i haven't done one since covid so it's been about three years and what i've noticed i still run a good bit i don't run as near as much as i was running before covid um I'm running now more just to stay in shape than I am to run races. I might do another race eventually, but I'm, I'm not in the shape that I was in mm-hmm. when I was doing all those half marathons. And so I've noticed that, that my ability to run fast has gone way down. Really? I mean, I, I'm just not as fast as I was. I can still run.
0: Even doing the long distances, it I, you increased well, that, your speed, it increased yeah, your speed as well. I guess so, because, yeah.
1: because before COVID, I had run a half marathon, and I was in my early 40s, I guess, 40, 41. I ran a half marathon. Um, my fastest time was an hour, 46 minutes. Yeah. So that's about a, an eight-minute-a-mile pace. So right. for a middle-aged man, that's not bad. That's great. Right? That's And good. so my, my goal was to get – I wanted to do one half marathon where I was – below uh, one hour, 45 minutes. That was my big goal. And so that's, I don't know, about seven minute, um, 50 second pace per mile, which again, for a middle-aged man, isn't that bad. Um, and so, so, so but, but to run a marathon at that pace, right? An hour, 46 minutes, eight minute mile. Um, it was a lot of running, a lot yeah. of training, right? Oh, but yeah. what I noticed, right, the, the more that I did it and the more I disciplined my body, I could do it. And I had no doubt in my mind that I could get to that goal of an hour, 45 minutes. And I probably still could do that mm-hmm. if I got out there and trained like I wanted to. But all that to say, um, um, while there is some natural ability uh, to, to performing as an athlete, natural athletes, where the case may be, there's also a lot of discipline that goes in so that you can develop that skill. And so you think about, you know, a Hank Aaron hitting that ball or a Mickey Mantle or a, a Larry Bird hitting that three-point shot or that fadeaway or whatever the case may be. There, there's a lot of power that you see oh, on yeah. display, but that power to hit that ball or that power of that uh, that weightlifter to, to bench, you know, 450 pounds, where the case may be, that power comes from a lot of discipline in a lot of training. Mm-hmm. It looked, now watch, it looks effortless, Yeah, but it's not effortless. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so so we see in people displays of power all the time, mm-hmm. but that display of power is usually followed by a lot of training, a lot of discipline, a lot of hard work, a lot of effort. Mm. Now, when we say that God is all powerful, you know how long God trained to be powerful? I would guess uh, zero. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Right? When, when when God um, does a display of his power, you know much, how, how much effort it takes?
0: He is he has not wasted None one ounce effortless. of energy.
1: That, isn't that amazing?
0: Of his energy. Though.
1: Yeah, you, you think about it, right? And, and that's the thing about God's power. When we say that God is omnipotent, we mean that God can do without effort Great. whatever he wills to do, right? Um, and however he wants to do it. Mm. When we're talking about all-powerful, that's what we're saying, that without effort, without training, without, you know, whatever, without effort, he can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it, whenever he wants to do it. That's, that's an amazing thought. Mm. And, and the Bible, what it does is, is it shows us over and over again acts of God's power. And here's what we know about God's power, right? That that he is all-powerful. When we say that God is all-powerful, that means no other power on earth can stand against him or resist mm-hmm. his power, right? Like, we, we would we would agree, um, as faithful Bible um, students, as people who study God's word, we would gr- agree that there are powers in this world. There are evil, demonic oh, powers. Oh, yeah. Right. Paul talks about that a lot in places like like the book of Ephesians, right? Oh, the letter to, yes. to the church at Ephesus. But but even, you know, the, these other powers, they do not stand against an all powerful, mighty God, right? That's and so exactly so this right. is this is the beauty of scripture. This is what, what, what the scripture displays to us about our God that he is all powerful. That's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. He's all powerful. There's nothing that he desires to do that he can't do, and that, that he does it without effort. That's a big deal, right? Now, when we say that all God is all powerful, we 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 ask stupid questions sometimes,
0: right? <laughs> well, let's name some. What are some of them?
1: Is is God so powerful that He can all create something that He things. can't lift up, right? You know, so you ask, and then you start asking these self-contradicting questions and all those kinds of things, or, or, you mean the
0: things, the questions that God prepared hell for, for people that ask them? I mean, yeah, right. Anyway, that's what Calvin said.
1: Yeah, but we, we, we start to ask all these silly questions that, that really just, if you think about it, aren't logical, or the case may be. Yeah. Um, You know, things like, you know, just understanding as followers of Jesus that God is all powerful, but God is not going to act against his nature. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, 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 but this idea of God's power, it is evident in scripture. And, and, you know, and I, th- I think when you think about God's power, it's evident all over scripture, but there, there's, there's, there's two places, I think, where we see just amazing displays of God's power. Yeah. One is creation itself.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, yes.
1: You know, I mean, we, we stand in awe of God's, I mean, in, and, and all of us at some point in our lives, we, we've, we've, we've experienced or st- stood in awe of of a display of god's power in creation uh, whether you go to, you know, uh, a mighty waterfall and you see that rush of water coming down the side of a, a, a cliff or a mountain, or the case may be, that's a, that's a wonderful display of power. Oh, yeah. uh, some of us have been to places like the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or whatever the case may be, and we see these wonder—or, you know, you go to the ocean and you you, mm-hmm. you see these mighty waves crashing against the shore. I mean, we see these displays of power in nature, mm-hmm. and it's a reminder of the power of God who created all things— by the sound of his voice, that's a big deal, right? Wow. That you yes. think about this powerful God. He makes things by the sound of his. That's Genesis one that, that he speaks, and things come into existence. Now, uh, we were having this conversation around the dinner table last night, right? That um, we're we're looking we're working through um, as a family uh, a, a little book uh, called the New City Catechism. It's a, if you're a parent, I mean, it's it's a great little tool that that you you, you might want to consider having in your home. And and what it does is it's, it's a catechism is kind of a questions and answers right that um, uh, there will be a question mm-hmm. that that's proposed in in this little book and then and then the authors give you the answer and so the goal of it is right is that your your children um, memorize those questions and answers and it kind of builds a theological base for oh, them right okay. so that, we're not doing a good job of memorizing it but we are doing a good job of just walking through these questions and answers and having theological discussions around the table about who God is mm-hmm. and you know all these different things. And so it's been really good. I, I think it's been really good. I think my boys are learning something. Um, at least we're having good discussions. And so last night, I forget what the qu- precise question was, but, but it had to do with the power of God, right, mm-hmm. and God as creator. And and one of my sons said something to the effect of, well, God created everything, but, you know, we were sitting at tables. There was a ball of ketchup on the table, but God didn't create the ketchup. Uh. Well, yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. right? that that he didn't physically create the ball I say this he didn't create that ball of ketchup right mm-hmm. but he created everything that went in to that bottle of ketchup, all the resources and all the, right? I mean, and he created the tomato, he created the water, he created the corn syrup, or whatever it is, those and different ingredients. And he created us. And, and that was the thing, right? Yeah. And I told my son, you right, like, like God created all of those natural yeah. elements that, that someone came along who God created mm-hmm. who, and who God created to have creativity, right, mm-hmm. to then put those resources that God created together uh, to give us uh, ketchup. And so, so God even in that was behind the whole process. It's a
0: good question, by the way. I yeah. think that's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah.
1: So we talked about that, like, like, and, and but but even with that, I was trying to point out that that somebody had to really work hard. Yeah. To make that catch up. Right, yeah, but God exactly, did right. not work hard at all to make the resources to go into that catch up. You see yeah. what I'm saying? And so again, just this idea of of God's power and and the, just the unlimited nature of God's power. Right, that our creative abilities and our creative powers and God has made us in His image to be able to create and able to make things and able to construct things. But our power is always limited. Whether you're an athlete, whether you're a creator, uh, whether you're whatever it is, your power is always limited. Where God's power is always unlimited you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so we see in creation this unlimited power of god mm-hmm. but not only in creation go ahead pops you're going to say something
0: oh i'm just i'm just fascinated by what science used to be was science used to be discovering what god had created yeah. you know and how god created it and how we can use that to best yeah now it's of course all kind of different things yeah. but anyway that's all, that was yeah. it
1: yeah yeah so but you think about the creative power of god yeah and, and and you know, read through scripture, obviously creative create a power of God, but but the other great display and there's lots of displays of the power of God, but one one of the greatest displays of the power of God obviously is the resurrection. Amen. I mean that Amen. because you think for for uh, for us as humans, while we might have some power, if you will, right? We can train our bodies to be excellent athletes, or we can, you know, take resources that God created and we can uh, create ketchup or mm-hmm. build a house or whatever the case may be. Um, one, our power is limited, right? Yeah. There's always gonna be a limitation to, I can only, I can only run, you know, uh, eight minutes a mile. I'll never get faster because of my age and my decaying body or whatever the case may be, or I can, I can build this, but I can't build that or whatever the case may be. We're always going to be limited in what we can do. Um, and and we're always going to die. That's right. Not sure. one of us will ever defeat death. <laughs> there might exactly be right. yeah, there might be scientific discoveries along the way that prolong our lives. Right. And we, we live in a culture now where we see that, that yeah. more and more people are living into their, you know, 80s and 90s or even to 100. I mean, I we have seen that in our lifetime. I mean, we I see remember, that in our church. We, we, yeah. we, see, we see some people. We've got a, a lady in our church who will celebrate her 100th birthday That's this right. year. We have a, a gentleman in our church who celebrated his 100th, birth, her 100th birthday last yeah, year. Yeah, He might be like 101, 102 by now. I don't know. But it's amazing because I can remember as a kid uh, that, man, someone who was 70— Wow. was really, really old. Oh, I remember that. You know? Type. But now, I mean... I thought somebody at 40 was old. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I hope not. Cause, <laughs> um, but but now, right, we, we consider people in their 70s still you know, relatively young. Oh, yeah, spry, ready
0: to go. I mean, they're enjoying
1: know? life and doing crazy things and traveling and all that kind of stuff where, you know, just 30 years ago, I mean, you, that you know, if you live 70, 75 years old, you, you, you accomplish something, mm-hmm. right? But now, even now, my, my in-laws are... 88 and I mean, we can see we can definitely see uh signs of their declining health but they're still yeah pretty healthy and still you know we're gonna go see them next week and enjoy time with them and so people are just living longer and longer and longer but regardless the point being is that we're all gonna die yeah, yeah. we cannot def- we might be able to prolong our lives through t- scientific discoveries but we cannot defeat death but god has defeated death that's right right Jesus Christ died and then rose again now That's he right. raised people from the dead Lazarus and all this kind of stuff but but Jesus defeated death in the sense that he died and rose again and did not die after that he is still alive at the right hand of the father and so just th- this is power right because you know I know as followers of Jesus o- obviously we talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus all the time because it is it is it is what defines our faith right mm-hmm. the resurrection right. the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ Um but but you think about that, Jesus, we looked at it this past Sunday, it was necessary for him to suffer, right. right? And you think about uh, uh, the hor- horrific death that he faced on the cross, right? Um, he died. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt about it.
0: You know, Actual think, death. death. Yes.
1: Uh, he was beaten and scourged and then uh, crucified. They put a spear in his side, right? Um, he died. Mm-hmm. He was laid in a tomb. And for three days, he was in that tomb. And then on that Easter Sunday morning, I mean, think about it. You've, you've been around. I mean, I have too. I'm not trying to be morbid, but it's just reality. We've been around dead people. Yeah. I mean, part of our, our ministry is to minister to families who've, and we've been there when someone's breathed their last breath. We've, we've been beside uh, the, the casket of dead bodies. We've been there quite a bit over yes, the course of our, our time of ministry. Um, we have not seen one dead person yet no. get out of a casket. Jesus was dead, dead. And then on Easter Sunday, he was dead, dead. And on Easter Sunday morning, right, after his heart had stopped, after the blood had stopped flowing, right, after the neurons in his brain had stopped firing, right, Mm -hmm. after all those things, right, the heart started pumping again. The blood started flowing again. The neurons started firing again, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, isn't that
0: amazing? It is.
1: I mean, you know, we we, we, we understand that Jesus died, but just think about the physical processes. Mm Mm-hmm that started back up in his body again after they had stopped, right, for, for several days. I mean, right. You had a near-death experience. Right. It, you, took, you, me, it took me years right, to get back. Right, I mean, you, you're, your heart stopped,
0: but it didn't stop for three days, did it? No, <laughs> it stopped momentarily. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Your blood didn't stop flowing for three days, did it? Nope. No, no. It was a momentary thing. The doctor was able to revive you and all this stuff. Momentary
0: kind of and took years to come back. That's
1: right. But Jesus yeah. walked out of a grave like nothing happened. Exactly. I mean, that that's power. And then he ascended to the Father. That's power. And so, so so, what you see in Scripture are all these, and we know that Jesus worked all kinds of miracles, that God did all kinds of amazing things through his people in the Old Testament. And so we, we see all these miracles in the Bible. But, man, you think about creation itself, and you think about uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then the promise that Jesus someday is going to do the same thing for you, right, That's right. that happened to him. He's going to resurrect you. Right? That your dead body mm-hmm. is going to start, that heart's going to start pumping again. Uh, that blood's going to start flowing again. I mean, and, and I mean, this. The, the thing about the resurrection, what's going to be wild is for, 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 for many, they're, they're going to have laid in the grave for years. Yeah, yeah. And then in a moment, right? In the twinkling of an eye, Christ is going to return, and he's going to take dead bodies that have rotted and laid in graves for years, and he's going to resurrect them. I mean, that's power. That is power. There's going to be millions by millions of people that in a moment Christ the is moment. going to raise from the dead. That's power. And so when we talk about power. That's what we're talking about, that, that God is all-powerful, that, that without effort, God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it, however he wants to do it. He is all-powerful. Powerful. Now we spend a lot of time talking about that, and we got about five minutes. So let's do it, man. So let's talk about how that applies to you, because it does. Yeah,
0: I think this is a good thing to do. Our theology. So so
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So so five ways that you and I should respond or respond to to God's 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 power. power. Yeah.
0: Okay. First one is this: Don't be surprised when you doubt the power of God.
1: Yeah, because here is the reality, right? That 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 the power of God in a lot of ways it does seem unbelievable, Mm. right? And, and so, so what tends Definitely. to happen is, is we doubt God's power in our lives. you know why it seems unbelievable to us? And you know why, why we have a tendency to doubt God's power? It's because of what we already said, because we are limited in power.
0: We are so limited. We are so
1: limited. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we see displays of power, whether it's through an athlete or through this or through that. I mean, uh, through somebody using their mind to do something. We, we see displays of human power. Mm-hmm. But again, like we said, all that power we see coming from us, it's limited Mm-hmm. There's always a limitation to our power. But then we see God work miraculously, and there's no limit to his power. And so what tends to happen is, is because we are, if you think about it, even with all our power that we think we have, um, we really are powerless. Oh, my heavens! We yes. can't defeat death. We can't, you know, cure cancer, all these things that we, we, we just can't. We're, we're powerless in a lot of ways. And so, 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 so our minds sometimes just does not have the capacity to understand how powerful God is, and so we begin to have, can God really work in, in this area of my life? Does He have the power uh, to help me overcome this sin? Does He have the power to get me through this situation? Does He have? The, and so, so don't be surprised. I think, I think that's natural for us sometimes because of our human limitations and because we are humans. It's natural for us sometimes to doubt the power of God. But be, just because we doubt the power of God, it does not mean for one second that the power of God is not a reality. Your doubt of God's power does not diminish God's power. That's exactly you see right. what I'm saying. And so, but I just want to encourage you because I, I know that you might be listening and there, there are those times in your Christian faith that you doubt the power of God. I hear you. Mm-hmm. That happens, it's natural. But don't think for a moment that your doubt of the power of God actually diminishes his power. And if you look back at over all. the course yeah. of your life, what you'll probably see is you'll probably see some examples of how God's power has been at work in your life.
0: It is amazing to yeah. look back and always do that. Yeah. Number two. Don't trust in your power.
1: Yeah, so what the power of God should do in our lives, it should drive us to prayer. Yeah. Right? Because because here's what happens, right? That, that we all have this tendency to be self-sufficient or to desire, at least, to be self-sufficient. I want to do it on my own. I right. want to prove that I have the power. I want to prove that I can do it apart from God every one of us have that tendency to be Mm -hmm. self-sufficient. We have a tendency in our mind to think that we have more power than we really do. And so just acknowledging. It's just coming to a point in in your life, in that situation you find yourself in, it's coming to a point where you confess, you know, I really am powerless. And so what our powerlessness should do when we understand the power of God and our powerlessness, it should really drive us to pray, God, I need to see your power at work in me.
0: There's nothing more... uh... Powerful that to remember to remind us who God is, and our powerlessness was this COVID thing. Yeah, yeah, we were just complete. I mean, it stopped governments. Yeah, yeah. A little virus. That's right. Not God. A little virus.
1: That's right. That's wild.
0: Anyway, all right. Number three, God makes His power known in our weakness.
1: Yeah, you you need to know that God makes His power known in our weakness. I think about the Apostle Paul. In 2 in, in Corinthians chapter 12, when he talks about the thorn in the flesh. Yeah. And he yeah. prayed several times, God, take it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, God did not take it away. And, 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 and what did Paul say? He said, you're using this in my life, God. And he says, you're making your power known in, me. in my weakness. In the weakness. This is good, right? That oftentimes in your life where you will clearly see the power of God on display is in your weakness. Mm-hmm right? Because what God does in your weakness is that he proves himself faithful. That's right. And this is good news. And so that means in that moment of weakness, when you do get that diagnosis of a, of a disease or when you do go through uh, those conflicts in your marriage that seem like, you know, there's just no resolution whatsoever, or when you do have that experience on the job where, where things are out of your control or whatever the case may be, in that moment of weakness, right? What does God do? He shows up powerfully. He, he, in his power, he gives you wisdom in the how to walk forward in those situations. In his power, uh, he sustains you. In his power, he helps you to endure in faith. In his power, he shows you how this weakness is actually an opportunity for you to, to display the power and grace of God to someone else. In, in those moments of weakness, God is powerfully at work revealing himself to you. And so, so just understand, right, that when you go through that season of weakness, you know That season of weakness is not a time in your life where God has abandoned you or God has forgotten about you or, or a, a time where God doesn't care about you. He does, so much so that in that weakness, he's at work doing something, displaying his power. So in that season of weakness, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. You can trust. You can trust that God is powerfully at work even in that season of weakness.
0: I always said, between our weakness and God's power, there's one word, grace. That's right. And it's the grace of God that God then allows us to have. Yeah, yeah. Number four, you may not always agree with how God uses his power. It's, it's true. This is the big one. The big yeah, one. it yeah. is. It really is. Because we think we know the way. Yeah, you know? and God knows
1: better. Yeah. You think about you know what, what the Israelites saw. They saw over and over again displays of God's power, right? One display of God's power they saw was what? God providing them food in the wilderness, mm-hmm. manna, every single day. And they got tired of it. God, we need some steak. Yeah, that's right? right? That's exactly God what God sent said. us back to I Egypt. There's better food in Egypt than out here. Mm-hmm. But every day they got up and they did nothing. Like miraculously, every single day there was manna on the Here's ground. Here's your food. That's right. Go right get here. it. All you want. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and they just weren't satisfied, right? Um, and, and 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 that's just the reality. There's going to be some times in your life that God does a display of power and and. And you're not going to agree with how he uses his power. Mm-hmm. You're going to wish he did something else. Now, that's your sinfulness, right?
0: Oh, it definitely and is. It's,
1: and your lack of understanding of the bigger picture and what God's trying to accomplish. Case in point, here's what might happen. Um, there, There is going to be someone that wrongs you along the way, mm. someone that, that hurts you. And what God might do in his grace is that person who wronged you, God might save them.
0: Mm.
1: He might change their hearts and completely transform their lives. We rejoice in salvation. Sometimes we don't, right?
0: We want them to get there. Come up. That's
1: right. Yeah. You're going to say, "God, you saved that person. You should have judged that person." Because mm-hmm. our hearts are vengeful. Yeah. Right. Where God's heart is gracious and compassionate, and God uh, desires Second Peter three nine that all would come to repentance and faith in Him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so there's just going to be some times where you're like, "God, why did you do that?" Right? God, I don't understand. Wow. But but understanding that God's God's purposes are much higher than your purposes and God's way are higher and better than yours. And just understanding, right, uh, that, that in those moments uh, where, where you see God at work in ways that you maybe not understand or maybe not agree with, uh, it's not God that's in error, it's your perspective that's in error, that's right. right? And she's just understanding that, that asking God to bring you into alignment with his will and help you to see uh, what he's accomplishing in his plan and purpose.
0: Amen. And number five, God knows how to use His power for His glory in your yeah. Life. So,
1: so I love Romans chapter eight because Romans chapter eight verses thirty-one through thirty-nine is just oh, a reminder yeah. that that God is for us and not against us, Amen. and and this idea that uh, nothing can separate us That's from the love right. of God. And so, just understanding that 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 in God's power, God uses His power uh, to redeem us, to reconcile us to Himself, to bring us into His family. God is a good God and a good father and his power is for you that's right his power is for you uh, to help you to to live this life in the way that he wants you to live it to help you live in the power of the spirit to help you to overcome sin uh to help you to grow in christ his power is for you because he's a good and gracious father
0: Amen. Well, Pastor, thank you so much for sharing, and I believe that God is going to use this us in our lives. I hope so. Gain some perspective yeah. on what God's power is all I about. So.
1: I hope this has been an encouragement and a blessing to you today. And if it has been an encouragement and a blessing to you today, I hope you'll leave a five-star review for us. Uh, that really helps us get word out about our podcast. I hope you hit the subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And I hope, as always, today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.